Hello everyone and welcome to this second episode on self-worth. Here we will be focusing on some skills and practices to help you honor and create space for your full and inherent self-worth. If you haven't listened to the first episode, which goes all over what self-worth is and why we struggle with it, you might want to go back and start there. It's not too long. It's around 20 minutes or so, um, because it'll be a nice foundation for today's episode. So in our last episode, the main theme was talking about how we are all fully and inherently worthy we're all equally worthy. What we do does not impact our worth. We are just worthy as we exist. And that a lot of us struggle with it. So here are some practices, some things to bring into your day, to your routine as you are working to really hold space for this full nourishing self-worth. The first thing I want to talk about It might be kind of basic, and yet it's really important. So this is looking at our self-talk. So a lot of us have created, through learned experiences, this pattern of negative self-talk, where we criticize every mistake that we do, or we compare ourselves to people who we think are more successful or doing more than we're doing. And we get these scripts in our mind that can feel really harmful. I know even though I try to be on top of my own self-talk, I know I certainly have my own inner critic that loves to go off at times. I know every single client that I work with struggles with negative self-talk and this inner critic. And so if you are someone who's interested in developing some more self-worth, you probably have this inner critic script going on in your mind too, So the first step is to really watch that self-talk and don't beat yourself up for it. Sometimes that is kind of how we start, right? We're used to critiquing every mistake we make. So when we are trying to watch our self-talk and bring in more compassionate self-talk, we notice a critical statement and then we beat ourselves up for doing it, right? Kind of like this, oh my gosh, I know better. Why am I thinking this way? I'm never going to feel worthy or content if I keep treating myself this way. And that is just kind of continuing the pattern of negative self-talk. So the first step in breaking that is to notice this negative self-talk when it comes up and allow that to be okay. Allow that to be part of your process. Even when you've built a ton of skills around more compassionate and helpful self-talk, negative self-talk is still going to creep its way in. It's part of that programming that I talked about in the last episode. So it's okay that your mind is going to go there. So just know that off the start of it, it's okay that negative self-talk is going to come in and I'm going to watch for it. So notice when this comes up, And there will be times it's really hard to challenge it. And it's okay, right? If you're working on challenging it and you're like, oh, I just can't think of a more compassionate statement, that's okay. You can just notice and identify, oh, my inner critic is telling me this, right? And hopefully there will be some more times that you can bring in a practice of reframing or shifting some of those thoughts. 
points, you might re- reframe them in a positive or really compassionate way, or you can also reframe them in a neutral way. So right, as long as it's veering away from this inner critic, right? So for example, let's say you are taking a test. Say you're in college or you're in grad school and you're taking a test and you didn't do so great. Let's say you got a C and you really wanted to do an A. Maybe you've got this inner perfectionist telling you that you need to get, you know, that 4.0 or as close to it as possible. And you got a C, it's not your best grade. And this inner critic comes up, right? And it's probably going to say, you didn't study enough. Or your friend so-and-so got an A and you got a C. You must not be good enough to be in this program, Or, gosh, how are you ever going to, you know, graduate and get whatever job you're looking to get if you can't even do well on this test, right? So this inner critic might have some pretty intense all or none statements, pretty judgmental things. It's probably going to bring in some comparison mindset if that's available. And so here you notice that. You say, oh, I see my inner critic is here. Right? It's, it's a pattern I'm working on shifting and my inner critic is here. If you can bring in a neutral statement that might just look like, oh, I'm human and I can't be perfect. Right? There are going to be some tests that I don't do perfectly. Maybe there are some times that I didn't study enough and that's okay. Or maybe I gave it my best and that's okay. You might also, if it's available, bring in some really compassionate or something that brings a little positivity connected to your values and goals. So this might look like, oh, I got a C on this one. And I did really well in the last test and I feel really proud of the work that I've put into this class. Or it might look like, oh, okay, I got a C, but I learned some new things that I can apply for the next test so I can study a little bit differently. And I feel really glad that I learned some of those things that I need to bring into the next test this time. Or it might even be, oh, yep, I'm human. Sometimes I'm not going to do perfect on a test. And I feel really proud of myself for the information that I've learned and that I'm on this path to you know, completing whatever dream that is, right? Whether it be graduating or working towards a profession or or whatever you're learning and growing in. So again, first step, notice that critical statement and identify it as a critical statement, right? Identify it as coming from the inner critic or just label it as negative self-talk so you know that it's not you, right? So you can recognize, oh, yep, this is a script going on. If you can reframe it, either neutral or some spin that is really compassionate and caring. And it doesn't have to be false, right? You don't have to say, wow, like I did a C and usually I get an A, but I'm so proud that I got this C. I'm so great. Like you don't have to make it feel inauthentic. And you can just bring it into what is connected to your values, what is connected to your goals. Whether it be, right, it can just be neutral. That's okay. I think a good one we can always do is say, I'm human and thus I'm imperfect, right? We are all imperfect. We are all going to make mistakes or do things not to that 100% goal. 
right? We are all going to be human and imperfect. So we always have that as a neutral one. And right, if you can connect some compassion to it, even better, right? And this is going to take a lot of practice. I know with clients that I work with who are used to the inner critic and not so used to compassionate statements, even bringing in neutral ones feels a little wonky, a little bit funky. So be gentle with yourself in that process. Know that it's going to take some time and some practice to feel comfortable with it. It's okay if it's not clicking right away. It's something that you get to grow into. And this might feel kind of overwhelming, but I hope it feels a little um, humbling or, or allows you to be imperfect in this process, is that we get to work on this our entire lives and we don't have to figure it out right away. In fact, it's, it's not really possible. <laughs> if it was, if there was some wonderful equation that I could give you from all my years of practicing this with myself and with my clients, I would tell you, hey, here's the way that you're going to just get it next week and it's going to be fine. And the truth is, is that it's, it's a lifetime of work. And yes, with practice, it's going to get easier. You're going to get better at it. It's going to come quicker and smoother and feel a little bit better. And there's going to be times even 10 years from now where there's just a day that is just not sticking, right? And that's okay. That's part of the process. The next skill or tip that I think can be helpful here is with comparison mindset, notice when you're one-upping or one-downing yourself or others. So when we struggle with self-worth, a lot of times it's going to come out as thinking we're less than others, right? So we might be saying, oh, they did better on this test than me. They're obviously better or more worthy, or, you know, they're meeting all their goals. I'm not. What's wrong with me? It can also go in the opposite. So if we're struggling with self-worth, our pattern of this inner critic can also go to others. It might not be something we would necessarily say to others, but we might have thoughts about, oh, I got an A and oh, my friend got a C, right? I am worthy. I am smart enough. I'm better than that right? Or I'm reaching all of these goals or I'm making this amount of money or whatever. And look at this person, they're struggling. They're not doing it, right? So I feel worthy. Even on that flip side where we're feeling good enough, we're still in this sticky pattern of self-worth being this thing that fluctuates, right? So when we're thinking we're worse than or we're better than someone else, we're still stuck in this pattern where self-worth is not a consistent factor. And again, in the first episode, that, that was one of the main tenets is no matter what happens, whether we're reaching our goals, whether we're not, whether we're, you know, making mistakes, whether we're doing things the, in quotations, right way, um, we are always equally worthy and we're equally worthy to everyone else too, right? So they are just as worthy. We are just as worthy and again, this doesn't mean that we can't do work and make progress to connect to our values. It doesn't mean that others can't do that either, right? We can be fully worthy and still have a lot of growing and learning to do. So those can both be true. And so catching our self-talk in this comparison mindset piece is a big part of it, right? Whether we're thinking we're better than someone else or less than someone else, a nice reframe for that is just, oh, 
We are all human, right? I might be doing something imperfectly or someone else might be doing something imperfectly and oh, I'm human and I'm worthy. They are human and they are worthy, right? Which doesn't mean you can't be upset or hurt about something someone else did, right? Let's say someone did something that hurt your feelings, it didn't feel okay. And if you're in this weird self-worth cycle, you might, instead of just honoring the pain you're feeling, you might label them as a bad person or a bad friend or not as good as you or whatever. And so when we can shift away from these statements about who they are as a person, right? If we can say, oh, they're still worthy, they are human, that is okay, then we can honor the pain we're feeling. And this might mean we need to have a conversation with them about a boundary we have, or this might mean that, you know, let's say there's a pattern of them doing something that feels not so great. We can choose to not have that full relationship with them or we can you know shift outside of their lives altogether we can still do that and view them as a fully worthy human that takes practice too and so once we start to notice oh the things that i'm doing to myself i might be doing to others sometimes our shame spiral can go up of oh my gosh i'm treating myself this way and i'm treating other people this way i feel like this bad person so notice that too right if if you're beating yourself up about having a judgment of worth about someone else that also gets to be something you give yourself a little flexibility on you're learning you're growing it's okay so practice compassion with yourself while you're also practicing it with others And the beauty of it is sometimes it's a little bit easier to give that compassion to someone else. If someone else does something that's not so perfect, um, it might be a little bit easier to be like, oh, you know what? They're human. They didn't do great on the test. I still think they're going to be a great, you know, let's say you're in grad school to become a therapist, right? You might say, oh, I I still think they're going to be a wonderful therapist, even if they didn't do great on this test. Sometimes it's easier to do that for someone else. And so that can be a great practice for yourself, too. So practice it on all ends. It's, it's going to help one another out in that. And the next skill that I'll talk about here is looking at our boundaries around our self-worth. And I think one thing that can be helpful is first pause and notice, hey, with my insecurities around self-worth, where are my boundaries a little too open, right? So for some, this might be, right? So on on the topic of education or work, right? We might say like, oh, I don't have boundaries around saying no to different things or boundaries around the time that I'm putting into these things. So we might be studying excessively or staying up late, working to complete all these projects or never saying no to new assignments that our boss has for us because we want to prove that we're good enough to keep the job. So that might be one way where our boundaries are way too open-ended. Sometimes with self-worth, these boundaries can look like never saying no to people like family or friends around plans or things that you'll do for them or different spaces there. So take a little inventory to notice What are my self-worth boundaries right now? So where I struggle with self-worth, where are my boundaries too open? 
And what is the consequence of that? So often the consequence is, oh, I don't get enough time for my own self-care. Or I'm so burnt out in work or relationships that I'm just struggling with my mental health. Or I don't have time to just recover and have alone time at the end of the day. So there can be lots of different things that come up when we don't have boundaries for our self-worth. And so take that inventory, check in with what that is, and then look at how you can start to bring those in. And this is a really tough process. So for example, let's say your boss is really used to you saying yes to every project they ask you to do. That might take some work for you to one, feel comfortable setting those boundaries and saying no sometimes. And it, depending on who your boss is or what your work environment is, it might also take them a little bit of work and shifting too to know what reasonable expectations are for the workplace. And I could go on a whole <laughs> rambling episode, and, and I probably will sometime soon, about just these um, really high expectations that so many of us experience in the workforce. And so I just want to validate right now that there might not be a ton of room, right? For a lot of us, there is some more room than we're giving ourselves, or we might be taking on too much or not having boundaries with our work where there is room to have that. So bring in what you can and you can take it in baby steps. And I want to validate that I know it is really hard when maybe the expectation to keep your job is way higher than what a healthy boundary would feel like. Um, and, and so you might start by bringing in the boundary as much as you can and then just practicing lots and lots and lots of self-compassion and validation and making time for self-care where you can until you can maybe shift what work looks like. And I know that is not an easy thing and that's a long-term thing and that's a whole other episode we can dive into, of course. Um, and then, right, it, it might also be tricky in setting boundaries with our family and friends, right? So if we derive our worth from pleasing others, right? From saying, being, you know, saying yes to everybody, helping everyone out or solving problems for other people. One, it's going to feel uncomfortable for us to set boundaries at first. This was me years ago. Um, you know, it's, it's no wonder we become therapists, right? So, you know, where, where I derived my worth from feeling helpful to others. And when I started to set boundaries around that, and when I started to, you know, not always be the on-call person for everybody, that was mostly hard for me. Um, it, it did take a little learning for some people in my life to learn, you know, what what this new boundary was, but mostly it was really hard for me because I might say, oh, I can't talk right now. You know, can we talk a different day or set whatever boundary I needed to set? And then I would think about it all night, right? I'd be like, oh, I'm such a bad friend if I'm not doing this or whatever different statements in my mind. And so just know that it's going to feel uncomfortable first and it's probably going to feel worse right? So you're going to be like, oh, why am I doing all this hard work? It actually makes me feel worse. Um, know that it takes practice, right? I can assure you now I feel, you know, most of the time I do feel really comfortable doing it. There are moments that I don't, but most of the time I feel really comfortable doing it. 
people in my life know what my boundaries are and can respect that. Um, some people, you know, will, will even share that they appreciate that I'll put those boundaries out. And I so appreciate when I have friends that do that too, because I know when they say yes, it's, it's an enthusiastic yes, um, that they want to do it or they, you know, want to talk or whatever. So it takes practice to be able to honor our own boundaries and to honor others' boundaries and it's worth it. You'll get there. Um, so on all of these fronts, right, notice what our boundaries need to be and practicing those. And it takes a lot of practice. And some of that will be trial and error because when we're learning what our boundaries need to be, we got to practice those and see, is this right? Or do I need to shift it some more? And be intentional with what you're creating space for. A lot of times we're really creating space for our own peace. So this gets to look like self-care or, you know, more, more walks out in nature or more alone time that we just get to have a nice dinner and watch some Netflix in the evening. Um, what, whatever that ends up being, it doesn't have to be this glamorous, you know, self-care thing. It can be just like time and peace for yourself, but be intentional about what this looks like because that the beauty of it is that you will be practicing things that honor your self-worth. And that is going to reinforce this whole process. So a beautiful thing, like sometimes when I'm working with a client, we're talking about all these different aspects where difficulty with self-worth or perfectionism or what would it what be it comes up can feel kind of overwhelming. It's like, oh my gosh, there's all these different things that I need to do and pay attention to. So if you're feeling overwhelmed as we're talking about this, you're not alone. It is a lot. And start with where you can, because it will all reinforce the rest. So when you're practicing one, it's going to make it a little easier to practice the next. So start with where you're at. Start with what feels most comfortable and you get to build up from there. You don't have to do it all at once. You get to take your time, you get to practice, you get to learn, you get to grow, you get to practice more. And this is where I'll do a, a little plug for um, one of my own offerings is my Soothing Perfectionism workbook. So many of us who struggle with self-worth may also struggle with perfectionism, right? Where we feel that we have to be perfect, or we have to do all these different things to be good enough. And perfectionism isn't maybe what the media always portrays, right? Where someone is super organized or super productive and successful and they're striving to do the best. That's, that's one way perfectionism can look like. But sometimes it can look like procrastination or withdrawing because it's all too overwhelming, right? Or it might look like just being an imperfect human and really struggling with that or having difficulty with boundaries. So... If that's you, if, if any of this relates, that workbook might be helpful for you. Um, you can go to my website, which I will link in these podcast notes to get that workbook. It's 15 bucks, so pretty affordable for most people. Um, shoot me an email if that's, if that's not affordable for you. Shoot me an email and, and we can connect. Um, but yeah, it will drive you through some of these practices that we're talking about where you get to notice how does this show up for me? What are my values? What are my goals? Because sometimes that can be really hard when, when we derive our self-worth from how others view us or how successful we're being, in quotes. 
we sometimes don't really know what's actually important to us. We know what's important to other people and we strive to do that, right? But we're like, wait, what are my values? What are my goals? So this workbook will drive you through that. We will help you explore, yeah, what are my personal values? What are my personal goals? How do I want to connect to those? And how can I do this in a way where I'm allowing myself to be human, which means imperfect? And I think it's a really great practice on self-worth. So if these two self-worth episodes really resonated with you, you might enjoy that workbook. So check it out. Or if you want to know more information, you can check it out on my website or my Instagram has, you can scroll down a little bit and you can find some more information on that too. Um, or shoot me an email or a direct message if you have questions on if it's, if it would be a good fit for you, if it would be a good support for you. So yeah, that's my plug. Check out, check out the workbook if, if you want some more hands-on practices, some journal exercises and prompts and all of that jazz. And yeah, that's pretty much all I have on self-worth. Of course, you know, we could go into this for days and days and days. It's one of my favorite topics, but in staying organized with the goal of today's episode, this is what I'll put out so it's not too much. But if you have questions on different pieces or would like to know more, connect with me and I would love to either, you know, answer some questions directly or if there's some common questions or someone's like, oh yeah, that seems really important. I'll talk about it more either on my Instagram or in a future web or in a future episode. So let me know if there's other thoughts that are coming up as I'm talking about this. Because um, I know I didn't cover everything. It's such a big topic. And yeah, finally, if you enjoyed any of these episodes or any of my past episodes, I would greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate a review wherever you're listening to this podcast so that other people can find it. I'm hoping to grow this a little bit more because I have so much fun talking about these topics or guiding meditations. And I have a lot of fun connecting with you, my listeners. Sometimes I'll get um, messages or emails and it's so fun connecting with you all. And I'd like to do this a little bit more. So if, if this gets to go out to a little, you know, a little bit larger audience, I'll be able to do this a little bit more too. So if you enjoy these, please consider giving me a rating wherever you're listening. I greatly appreciate it. I check those. I feel all the love when I see those. So thank you so much for listening, for being here, for connecting with me. And I look forward to chatting with you next time.